participation indicators ever. And I say that with all sincerity, we study participation in the market uh, quite a bit. And we came up with some indicators that we think are outstanding. And if you did see my favorite indicators presentation with timing research last time, you will recognize some of this particular uh, presentation because these indicators have become my favorite indicators and really uh, give us some insight into the market that we've never really had before. So let's go ahead and let's talk about me first, so you know about me. Um, I have a BA in mathematics from USC, fight on, a master's in information resource management from the Air Force Institute of Technology. I was in the Air Force for eight years. And um, I should update that bullet point because I've been studying probably 28 years now studying the markets. I learned from my dad. So he, Carl Swinlin is somewhat known, I think, in the business. And he really gave me uh, the tools necessary to carry on with, with our analysis process. I am the vice president and senior technical analyst at decisionpoint.com. And you will find me on stockcharts.com and on stockcharts TV. I've been a consulting technical and analyst for 13 years with Stock Charts, and I'm on Stock Charts TV's YouTube channel. You can find me on the Decision Point blog and Stock Charts, but you can also find me in the Decision Point Trading Room, which is on the Stock Charts TV YouTube channel. And if you do happen to go in and find one of those prior trading rooms, if you want to attend live, at noon Eastern on Mondays, there is a way to sign up beneath those videos, but you can also go to my website and my homepage and you'll see an ad for our trading room and you can sign up to be there live on Mondays at noon. So let's talk participation indicators. What are they? Well, some of the ones you may be familiar with are price above the 20 50 and 200 day EMAs. So we're talking about the percent of stocks that are above each of those EMAs. We have breadth indicators, which I'm gonna talk about a little bit. My bullet points are coming in a little weird here, um, but we'll talk about some of those breadth indicators that we use. And then my favorite, the best participation indicators ever, the golden and silver cross index. They're very easy to understand. So I think you're going to really get um, a lot out of this. So let's talk breadth indicators in general. The ones that you probably are familiar with are new highs, new lows, advances versus declines, volume ratios would also be considered a breadth indicator. Basically, any of those cumulative view uh, of a market index or sector, particularly unweighted. So you want to have something that um, you're looking at the collection of the components within an index or sector, and you don't want them to be weighted. So that's how you can get your um, breadth indicators. And on balance volume is considered one. McClellan oscillator is considered a breadth indicator. Um, but these are the primary ones I'm going to show you today. So new highs and new lows, I'm probably familiar with this chart. This is an excellent breadth indicator because it does, again, it's just counting up how many new highs and counting up how many new lows. One thing that people may not be familiar with about a new highs and new lows chart that you definitely want to keep in mind is that the readings that you get at the end of the day 
are the highest readings of the day. So if you had maybe in this case, you have 19 new highs, maybe um, you finish the day with only 10 new highs, it does not matter because you got to 19 during the day. So it is a 19. So do keep that in mind when you are analyzing the new highs and new lows, because a lot of times it can kind of fool you into thinking there are positive or negative divergences when we see those. I tried to put in pretty much brand new charts so you can get a sense of what's going on. With new highs, one of the things we like to look for are divergences. Really on most indicator charts, divergences are going to be your primary um, indication that things are going to change. And what we look for are these negative divergences. In this case, you can see we had some here, some here. And basically, what's going on is you're losing new highs, but you're making new highs in price. So that's a negative divergence. There's something going on under the surface there, and you should be concerned. And sure enough, this particular negative divergence played out as expected with a, quite a bit of a decline. We're kind of in the same situation right now. We had a negative divergence come through with higher prices recently, but then new highs started to spike back up again. So the divergence kind of disappeared on us. But at the same time, you can see that new highs are starting to back off once again, and price highs are making new highs. We have rising trends here. So it looks like we are getting another negative divergence showing up here in the shorter term. Advances, declines, and volume ratios. This is our climax chart. And all of the charts I'm showing you today are included in our DP Alert um, publication. So we give you the overall market um, conditions and trend, as well as cover Bitcoin, gold, dollar, gold miners, crude oil, um, and yields and bonds. And we cover all those within our DP alert as well. But I just wanted you to know that these charts you're seeing that I'm explaining to you, this is exactly what you're going to see in the DP alert. And I do, as I just did, explain what's going on on the chart and what we should be concerned about and what we shouldn't be concerned about. So this is the climax chart. It looks really kind of confusing and complicated, but it, it really isn't. So here are our participation indicators. We have net advances, declines. We have net advance decline volume. We like to include the VIX and total volume. This total volume is great because it gives you a sense of whether you have blowout type volume or um, blow off type of volume. So it's a good to keep an eye on. We have these little asterisks above options expiration days because that's when you get a lot of volume. Typically not a lot of volatility in price, but lots of volume. So we do mark that so you can tell the difference. So we also do the up-down volume ratio for the NYSE and the S&P and the NYSE down up volume ratio. Now, what we do with this chart is we determine whether we're hitting climactic points within the market. And climaxes are defined with these vertical lines. So every time we had something pass above our thresholds, that is what gave us a climax. So what we do is, this is kind of crazy. I probably should have given you a more recent chart because there are so many climaxes that we saw back here in April and May. 
but it, ultimately they typically are going to give you pivot points in the market. So here was a downside initiation climax. Um, this was an exhaustion climax. It didn't turn out what we thought it would be. Um, <clears throat> but ultimately that's one of the things we study with breadth is um, climaxes on the chart. So we are looking for those days where you get uh, readings above the thresholds that set. We haven't seen a climax in quite a while of late. So it'll be interesting to see if we're going to start seeing some action now that we're pausing and possibly getting ready to roll. So here's the other breadth indicator that I use very heavily, and that is the price above moving average indicators. And basically, I look at stocks above their 20, how many stocks are above their 50-day EMA, and how many stocks are above their 200-day EMA. Um, I believe you can get these for just the regular moving averages if you want. But we find that uh, we like to use EMAs at decision point. It puts a little more weight on near-term data. You don't get the drop-off effect of a simple moving average. So just to keep in mind, that's why we use a couple of other participation um, type indicators. We also do percent um, rising PMOs, which is our momentum indicator. So rising momentum, we look at how many have buy signals on momentum. Uh, again, more participation indicators. It doesn't weight anything. Each member of that index has the same weight as far as the indicator goes. So the ones that I'm going to talk to you about, though, that I really love are Golden Cross and Silver Cross Index. And basically, it's not hard to understand. So I think most of you are familiar with what a golden cross is. A golden cross is when you get a 50-day moving average crossing above a 200-day moving average. Again, we like to use EMAs. So that's a golden cross. You get the 50 above the 200. If it drops below the 200, that's when you hear the nomenclature of a death cross. Um, but golden cross is pretty much everybody knows. Silver cross is what we came up with. Um, that is when we wanted an intermediate term kind of viewpoint to, to look at the market from not just the Golden Cross, which is very long term. So Carl, my dad, came up with a Silver Cross, which is a 20-day moving average moving above a 50-day moving average. And that gives you, um, if you have a 20-day above the 50-day, you have a bullish bias in the intermediate term for that stock. So you you um, so that's important to know if you get the golden and silver cross. So what we do is once we know whether a stock has a silver cross or a golden cross, we then tally it up to see how many stocks are on golden and silver crosses. So not only are we now looking at how many stocks have price above key moving averages, but now we have a way to look into the index and see, okay, they may have their price above their 20, but is their 20 above their 50? Because that's very important. Like I said, that gives you a bullish bias in the intermediate term. And if you're tallying up the amount of stocks in an index, and you're seeing at least 50% of them with silver crosses, you know that you probably are getting a bullish bias in the intermediate term. So market bias, I just talked about that a bit. So how do I determine what the market bias is? First, I look at the price above the 20, 50, and 200-day EMAs. 
I want to know if they are above their 50% bullish thresholds. If they are, that tells me that in the short term, I probably have a bullish bias going on. The short term, admittedly, is more of a gray area as far as market bias because I'm making um, sense of what the price is above those key moving averages and then determining whether you know, even if we are above those bullish thresholds, are we still, are we seeing the kind of participation across other indicators that we need? But typically, if they're above their 50% bullish threshold, you're going to have a short-term bullish bias. So the other thing I do, like I said, there's a little gray area. So I check out the price above these key moving averages, and then I compare it to the silver and golden cross index uh, percentage. So let's just say we have 50% above their 20 and 50 day moving averages. So that's bullish in the short term, but I'm going to compare it to the silver and golden cross. If it's higher than the silver and golden cross, that means that we're going to see improvement in the silver and golden cross indexes. So that's where I really determine that short term bias. Are we improving? Or are we starting to degrade? So if participation is lower, you end up with a bearish bias. And if participation is higher, you get a bullish bias. So that's kind of how I determine that short-term market bias. But there's more. We've got to figure out what the intermediate term and long-term biases are. And that's where the silver cross and golden cross indexes come in. So the silver cross index, if it is above its signal line, and its signal line is a 10-day um, EMA, moving average. So if it's above its signal line on the silver cross index, you have a bullish bias in the term. Very easy. If it goes beneath its signal line, you have a bearish bias. Golden cross index, same idea, only the golden cross index uses a 20-day EMA as its signal line because it's a longer it's longer term. And if it's above its signal line, you got a bullish bias. If you have any of these below their signal line, then you have the bearish bias. So this is really a great way to see what's going on in the market overall and give us a sense of whether the market is improving or deteriorating. And seeing these silver and golden cross indexes will really give you a sense of how powerful they are. So let's, ah, before we look at the chart, I do want to tell you, so in the decision point alert, we actually include a bias assessment table. We don't figure out the bias just for the major indexes. We cover it for all of the sectors and select industry groups. And we will tell you if the silver cross is above its moving average, that's a bull. If it's below its moving average, it's a bear bias. And the golden cross index, same idea. You can see right now the Dow Jones still has a long-term bearish bias on the Golden Cross. So this gives you a really good sense of what's going on in the market. Clearly, we have a bullish bias really permeating the entire market right now. Not a surprise given the rally out of the October lows. But I'll tell you, in October, this chart, this table was almost all all bearish, almost all red. So we were able to get a sense of the markets changing while this table started flipping its signal. And so you get to see this table every day in the DP alert, and that way you can get a sense of what's going on with not only the indexes, but each of the sectors and those select indices as well. So here's a chart. This is the bias chart, and we cover this chart um, in various ways 
in our DP alert every day. This is a old chart. This is from May of 2020. The next one is going to be um, from today. So I'll give you my, my read today. But what you'll find with the silver and golden cross indexes is that they really do tend to get you in a little bit earlier and they do tend to get you out earlier. So you didn't have to get any of this decline. And the main thing is, is getting you in, getting you back into the market. You see back here, we had that crossover on the silver cross index, got you started right on this big rally. And so what we can see with the silver cross index, like I said, is what is the participation within that index? And seeing that in this case, we had only 30% that were above their, or uh, 30% with 20-day EMAs above their 50-day EMAs. So that's a bearish bias for the market and in the intermediate term. And we knew that when we had that crossover, that's when the bias officially switched to bearish. The Golden Cross Index is really long-term. So while it doesn't give you necessarily a good read on what to do tomorrow, it does give you a sense of the underlying strength in the longer term. And in this case, it's higher than the gold, the silver cross index, which is good, but it's below its signal line. So that's a bit of a problem. That gives you a bearish bias. Now we're going to look at percent stocks above their 20, 50, and 200-day EMAs. And you can see that... Back here in May, we had the top up here. Whoa, let's go back. I can get back. There we go. We're going to look at another one of these, as you can see. Okay. So right now, you can see on this chart that we had very low participation readings. What this told us back then is not only is the market weak internally, but it does say that, you know, it's really oversold and it's time to start looking for a possible reversal coming in. That's what happens when you get these in oversold territory. And so right now on this particular chart, these are all below the 50% bullish thresholds. So the short-term bias at this point in time was bearish in the short term. You can see that these percentages were below the silver cross index. And if that's the case, you're not going to be able to get more 20-day EMAs above their 50, not if you have so few above their 20 and 50. One thing to keep in mind is with exponential moving averages, one of the cool things about them as well is that if price is above one, it's going to rise. If price is below it, it's always going to move down. So that gives you a good sense of the participation as well, because like I said, you're not going to see more 20s above their 50s if you don't have enough stocks above their 20. So that gave you that bearish bias in the short term. So it wasn't looking so good back in May of 2022. What does it look like now? All right. So we're putting this all together. Is this? Yes, this is the most recent chart here. So this is the one that I've been covering in the DP alert every day. It's a little more long term. I wanted to give you that shorter term one so you could get a sense of how these indicators do work. But you can see right now, much different picture. We have, if we come down here and first look at the price above their 2200 day EMAs, you can see really strong participation of stocks above their 20 big time participation above the 50 day EMA. And we're even seeing some improvement 
of stocks finally getting above their 200-day EMAs. So all this is good. This is all improving. All of these percentages are higher than the Silver Cross Index and the Golden Cross Index. So what does that tell us? That tells us that these two are going to continue rising, and that's a good sign. We also got a bullish shift across the signal line on the Golden Cross recently. So that really put us in a, a bullish bias in the longer term, which tells me that we're probably not going to experience a big decline like we did before, at least not in the near term future, because we have such strong readings right now internally in within this index. So I think things look good. The only issue I have is right now we're overbought on the percent of stocks above their 20-day EMA. And typically when that happens, you're going to get that downturn. They can hold overbought conditions, but not for very long. So we are due for a bit of a pullback here. And I think most people are looking for it. Um, surprisingly, the, the S&P does not seem interested in moving lower, however. So maybe all we're going to get this time around is a pause before we start seeing higher prices and a new all-time high, in my opinion. All right, so I went through all of it. Now you understand how these indicators work. I think the most fun we can have here, honestly, is looking at the most recent charts. And I want to show you what's going on under the hood on all of the sectors. It's going to give you a sense of where the strength is, where the weakness is. As you know, looking at the market right now, not a lot of weakness out there, but it should be interesting to see what we get here. I need to set up my screen really quickly. I didn't do that. If you give me a second, I will do that, and then I'll be able to get us in to look at some regular charts here. Let me get you on this chart, though. While I do that, you can con continue to study that chart while I get set up. I forgot that I'd be sharing my chart, so I need to make my screen bigger. I got one of those fancy curved screens, but I have to tell you, it's very difficult with sharing things. All right. Okay. So... We looked at the um, S&P. So let's look at some of the other uh, industry groups and indexes or in <laughs> indexes and sectors. So I know everybody's pretty interested in the mid caps, small caps, and the NASDAQ. So we're going to look at those really quickly. All right. So this is the S&P 400. You can see that beautiful breakaway gap. There's a nice continuation gap going on, and we're still seeing rising prices out of the S&P 400. It looks really quite um, healthy. And you can see down here that it is performing pretty much in line relative strength-wise with the S&P. But let's look at the participation. So we do have overbought conditions on participation. But in this case, when you look at this, you can see that overbought and oversold conditions can persist when you're in a bull market. So in this case, we had a really nice bull market move, and you can see that we stayed fairly overbought during that period of time with the exception of that pullback. So while we are overbought right here, I'm not overly concerned about it. There is still headroom for the S&P 400 as far as participation. So we have very strong numbers, and we have plenty of opportunity to get even more stocks to participate. I do notice the Silver Cross Index is trying to turn down, but that shouldn't continue. We should see it move higher simply because we do have so many stocks above their 20 and 50 day EMAs. So obviously you're going to start seeing more stocks with 
a 20-day EMA above the 50MA. Golden Cross Index rising strongly. So I think right now the internals are very good for the S&P 400. The S&P 600, not the same look. You know, we had the breakaway gap, but then we saw that continuation. It didn't really follow through, but then we got another breakaway type gap. But now we're really just pausing. This is kind of what I was expecting to see out of the market after the big move out of the October low, but we're not. S&P 600, though, is. It's struggling with a ceiling right now at about 97. And that tells me that if I'm going to be involved in the market, I probably don't want to be in the small caps. Notice that the participation numbers here are much lower than what we saw in the S&P 400. So we know that while the Silver Cross Index is rising, it's starting to get very close to these percentages, in which case it could flatten out and eventually turn over. So at this point, I still see some healthy participation under the surface for the S&P 600. But combine that with um, seeing the price action, seeing that we're not looking at the same participation as we are within the SPY and the S&P 400. Like I said, I see the S&P 600 is rather weak. Let's look at the NASDAQ. And again, all these charts that I'm showing you, these are not in our DP alert every day, but these, all of these charts are available to you as a member of our website. And you can look at them with the annotations and get a really good sense of what's going on, whether you're a member of the DP alert or DP diamond. And it's okay. So what's going on in the NASDAQ? This is really interesting to me because we have participation down here that's lower than what we even saw in the, in the S&P 600. This is not what I expected to see when I opened this chart today. I was expecting to see, you know, technology has been doing well, so I would have expected to see the Nasdaq Composite doing well as uh, as as well. Um, we do see that we're getting ready to overcome those July highs here. So it still looks pretty healthy. It is in a rising trend. Um, the Silver Cross Index is rising. We had that bullish shift on the Golden Cross Index. So everything still looks pretty good in the intermediate and long terms here. But I'm just surprised we're not getting as much participation here under this, which tells me could more of a pause consolidation. But I vote for a pullback. Stochastics are strong. See, it is, and it is performing in line right now. Hey, Aaron, uh, we're still seeing the putting it all together screen. Oh, no. So oh, sorry. I've been talking all about these charts. Don't have that. How about now? Okay. Oh, you should uh, have broken in much earlier. I really apologize for that. Yeah, sorry. But I, I had to step away from my <laughs> So you I, didn't know. <laughs> I, I, was, I was listening, but I... I wasn't watching, so yeah, but no worries. Uh, it's fine. So yeah, I see the NASDAQ composite. Okay, you know, good. And Silver Cross. Yeah. All right. Just, I'll show the S&P 400. There's the really good participation. Silver Cross looks a little bit iffy, but because these numbers are so much higher than the Silver Cross, it should continue to rise. I'm not really too worried about that, but uh, performing in line with the S&P right now, S&P 600. I said, don't like the way price is moving sideways. Um, the participation numbers are lower than what we saw in the S&P 400. And you can see right here that relative strength is starting to trend down for the S&P 600. So not where I really want to be right now. And then the NASDAQ, which is really shocking to me, has lower participation than even the S&P 600. This is where I would have expected to see a lot of strength. But 
you know, when you look at a rally, like, you know what this tells me though, is that the rally is being led by a select few stocks. Let me guess which stocks those might, probably the Magnificent Seven. So this tells me that while we do have really nice price action, we have less participation. There might be some problems going on under the surface, or it could just be a characteristic of the fact that those mega caps and large caps are kind of um, holding the the index and sway here. All right, so NASDAQ 100, this will tell us, yes. So we have higher participation on the NASDAQ 100. Um, we've already overcome those July highs. It looks really good. Um, you know, great participation. And again, as I noted, you can hold over Bakken for some time if you're in a nice move. So we're in a nice move. So I'm expecting these conditions to hold, but I really would like to participation get above 80%, maybe even 90%. We've seen this before. We're not seeing it yet. So there is room for improvement, believe it or not, under the surface. So I like the NASDAQ 100, but I do think what it's telling us is that yes, these are the stocks that are probably leading the NASDAQ overall. And there are still a lot of dogs, cats and dogs in the NASDAQ that aren't participating. The NYSE, you can see that participation is pretty similar to what we are seeing in the NASDAQ and the others, honestly, um, holding over bot conditions, Silver Cross rising. In this case, it's a little bit more iffy on the Silver Cross index because we only have 65% above their 50-day EMA. And remember, if it's above the EMA, it's gonna rise. So the 50-day EMA is kind of our, our threshold here for the Silver Cross Index. The best the Silver Cross Index can really do is 65%. It's already at 63. So we need to see better participation here under the surface if we wanna keep that bullish bias short term. I do notice a golden cross through here on the NYS. All right, let's take a quick peek at the sectors and that should time for some questions after that. And again, I hope that you're getting the, uh, the hang of these indicators. They really are quite powerful. All right. So on comm services, you know, it did overcome October, July highs, I should say. Uh, looking pretty good here. It looks like a possible flag formation as it pulls back. But the PMO, our, our momentum indicator, has turned over, which is a bit of a problem. Notice as well that participation has shrunk on this bit of a decline for comm services. And I don't like what's happening with the price above the 50-day EMA. That really needs some help. Um, and with the decline today, I don't see it getting any help. We're starting to see a lot of weakness seeping into comm service and it's going the wrong direction right now. Notice also the really bad relative strength this week against the S&P. So comm services definitely on the weak side. Consumer discretionary with all the talk about retail and such um, would expect it to be doing very well. And it is uh, rallying pretty nicely here after that breakaway and continuation gap. We are looking at rising relative strength on XLY. We have very good participation and it isn't that overbought. You can see that it can definitely get higher. I've seen plenty of um, sectors and industry groups and indexes get up into the 90 
5% range as far as price above their 2050 and 200 day EMAs. It is possible. So there is room for improvement under the surface for XLY, but um, it is starting to outperform here. But I'd like to see more participation to keep this rally going. Consumer staples on the opposite end spectrum certainly has not been performing as well as the S&P. Um, did have a little bit of a nice week last week. We still have very good participation and it's very solid. It's risen in a nice uh, rising trend. It's not too overbought. Notice the silver cross had started to top, but then surged higher. So golden cross index just gave us that bullish bias as it crossed above its signal line. So Consumer staples actually look quite interesting right now, and possibly with a pullback in the market or a pause, um, this could find this area could find some favor. Right now, it's not performing that great. Energy is definitely one that's been on my radar. I've been getting when I run my scans for DP Diamonds, which is my stock picking newsletter. I've been finding a lot of energy stocks finding their way into my scan results. Tells me something might be going on in the surface, but is there really? Let's look at the energy chart itself. This is why I'm getting all of these um, signals coming in. The PMO is giving us a crossover buy signal just uh, recently on energy. And that's happening on a lot of those energy charts, which is why they're finding their ways, finding their way into my scan results. Let's look at underneath the surface here. Under the hood, we have not great participation. You can see we still have a lot of stocks above their 200-day EMA. That was due to this big rally that we had in the summer. That got most of them above their 200-day EMAs and above even their 50-day EMAs. But you can see how things started to break down over here. We started to lose stocks above their 50-day EMA quite fast. And that is what put things in a more bearish bias. The Silver Cross Index is still below its signal line. So we still have a bearish bias in the intermediate term for XLE. Question is, are we going to start seeing some improvement here on price above their 20 and 50 day EMA? Not really seeing it just yet. So even though I'm starting to see some action with PMOs in this particular sector, it's still not performing that well. Starting to perform in line with the S&P, though, which is interesting. And so I, I like energy as a possible reversal point here based on the PMO. But under the hood, I have, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical. So even though I did start to see those stocks come into my scan results, I have to... I'm just a, I'm more lukewarm on energy, mainly because I do have this to look at. I have these participation indicators to look at. And so, you know, it's great to see the PMO rising. You can even see that the OBV has rising bottoms. So there's good things going on, but we don't know as much as we do now because we can look under the surface and see what actually is going on with participation. So CAST is pretty good here for energy. So I would expect more action, but you know, you've got the good stochastics, you've got the PMO buy signal. You're just not getting the accompanying price action that should be following. And this is why, because those participation numbers over here are so low. They're below 
our 50% bullish threshold. So there's a short-term bearish bias. We have a short-term, I mean, an intermediate-term bearish bias because the silver cross is below its signal line. Lots of problems going on with the chart. I'm seeing a little bit of improvement, but I'm not seeing enough right here. And that's what's got me concerned that um, energy won't make the reversal that I'm expecting or was expecting. Financials and quite well. Big breakout move today. This has definitely been a bright spot in the market. Look at these participation numbers. This is what I'm talking about. 94% above their 20, 91% above their 20 or their 50. Really good numbers here. Don't have as good a number of stocks above their 200-day EMA, but it's still above our 50% bullish threshold. So I would definitely read the short-term bias as bullish for financial. And we already know based on the location of the Silver Cross Index above its signal line and the Golden Cross Index being above its signal line, that we have a bullish bias in both the intermediate and long terms. So financials, really a bright spot. And given this kind of participation, I would expect to see the, in, the sector move higher. It is due for a cool off period for sure. Um, it's making up for lost time after this big decline that happened during the, the banking crisis. And it's almost uh, gotten back up to where it was before that all started. So I think that's part of the reason. I think a lot of people were eyeing financials after this big decline. And a lot of people after this decline decided it was time. Financials looking very healthy. The only problem could be is that they are looking overbought. But, you know, the Silver Cross Index isn't that overbought. Um, it is trying to turn over a little bit. But based on the percentages being higher, price being higher than the 20 and 50, that should continue to move higher. So financials still looking good, just getting a little bit on the overbought side. The RSI is telling us that as well. All right, I'm getting a little bit long-winded here, so let's go through a little bit more of these, and I'll save some time here for some uh, questions. Um, right now, healthcare, we're starting to lose some of the participation. It's not very strong. It is above 50% here, so we do have a bullish bias in the short term. We have a bullish bias in the intermediate and long terms for XLV, but certainly not the best performer. It's been performing relatively weakly against the S&P. So this is probably not where I'd want to hold, uh, hold a stock is within healthcare right now. Industrials, <clears throat> getting a PMO surge above the signal line, which is very positive. But notice the silver cross is trying to turn over. We do have very good participation under the surface, but that silver cross flattening is a little bit of a concern. Um, but given that we have 88% and 76% above their 20 and 50 day EMAs respectively, I think that we're gonna see it continue higher. We shouldn't have a problem here. This seems probably likely due to the pause that we're getting right now in industrials. But overall, really strong participation under the surface. We should continue to see higher prices. Materials, we're getting very strong readings and participation. Notice Silver Cross looking good. The Golden Cross is not yet above its signal line, so we have a bearish bias in the long-term materials still, but looks like that's going to switch because we have such strong participation above 5,200-day real estate. Really nice move on real estate here. Certainly a nice break, um, 
a nice gap up, continuation gap looks like um, off of the original breakaway. I like that gap. Uh, PMO looking strong. Participation, we have 100%. 100% of the stocks within XLRE are above their 20-day. That's some serious short-term strength. Uh, very serious short-term strength. And again, it is overbought. So that's a bit of a problem. But again, these conditions can hold. So we can't get too wrapped up in the fact that they're at the top of the range right now. It's really just a characteristic of internal strength. And you can see that real estate really outperforming the um, SPY right now. I like real estate moving forward. This is a nice little reverse head and shoulder to head, left shoulder, right shoulder. So looking good for real estate. Technology certainly has been a bright spot. Did have a bit of a pause here, which I did expect. I'm still looking for that pullback though. Just hard to get one when you have participation. It's this strong a surface. Um, Silver Cross has decelerated, but we still have, its reading is still below participation above the 20 and 50. So we should be able to see that continue rising. That's good. And um, performing in line with the S&P, which is good. Uh, but I usually you're seeing outperformance by technology. We're not seeing that right now, which is why I've been looking for a bit of a pullback. And finally, utility. Utilities on a nice run out of their October low as well, but stuck beneath 200-day EMA. Participation is also very strong for utilities. 100% are above their 20-day EMAs. You, it's hard to believe some of these are these sectors are this strong beneath the surface. And while we have seen some nice price action, it's um, curious that we still are below the 200-day EMA on utilities. But that shouldn't stick around. You can see utilities were beat down quite a bit. The Golden Cross moved lower for quite some time, but it has started to make its way back up. And we have such strong participation readings under the surface. I'm expecting higher prices out of utility. All right, let's go back. Can't find my, couldn't find my PowerPoint. All right, so we looked at the sectors under the hood. I gave you that live example. This is pretty much the end of my presentation, so I have time for questions. And I do, if you want to see the participation under the surface for some of those industry groups that I have, I'm more than happy to show that. Just um, throw that in the question or chat box and we'll see what we can do about that. This is the trading room I was talking about. It's a free trading room. I go through uh, the market in general. We look at the charts that I just uh, showed you, not every single one of them, but it, we go through some of the sectors. We cover the market in general. We usually have a small lesson in something that we're finding that's interesting. And then we take symbol requests for the last half hour and look at the weekly charts, daily charts, and then the five-minute candlestick charts for timing our entries and exits. That's another present. If you really like this presentation today, I am putting together a small ebook uh, article on the Silver and Golden Cross indexes, and that should be available next month. Uh, if you're interested in getting a copy of that, go ahead and sign up for my free email list on the website homepage for decisionpoint.com, and you'll get uh, information when that ebook is available. 
Additionally, we're getting ready to launch a new scan alert service. So I do DP diamonds and I give you my 10 stock picks per week. But what I'm going to do with the scan alert service is to give you all of the results from the scans I run, and then you can decide which ones you like the best. But if you want a little help on that, then you get DP diamonds and you can see what I like from those scan results. All right, that is about it. If you want to try us out for two weeks, subscribe to our bundle package and use the coupon code DTRIAL2. You get a free two, oh, two week free trial. Or if you'd like, we're running this Friendsgiving special and you can try us out for 50% off your first month. Just subscribe to any report or the bundle and use the coupon code SAVE50 and you'll get your first month at 50% off. So either way, you can give us a try and see what you think of our products. Remember that bias table is in there. We also do our trend model signals for buy and sell. There's a lot of information packed into our products and give us a try. And I think you will be like most of our subscribers. You'll be very sticky and you'll be sticking around. You can find me at decisionpoint.com and there is my email address. And that's it for me. What kind of questions do we have, if any? Are, are you able to see the chat box? SL view of Amgen. Okay, I can do those. SLV and Amgen, why not? This is kind of what I do during my trading room. So this is a good example of um, how that works. All right. So we're going to look at Amgen first. All right. Now the participation indicators and all of what I went through before, those are what we call market indicators. They are not available on an individual stock chart. Now, if you wanted to maybe include the sectors, um, participation beneath your chart. I know there's a way to do that. I don't do it. Um, but there is there is a way you could probably get those participation readings for the stock, what's going on with the stock sector. But uh, those are market indicators. So you're not going to see them on these individual charts. I'm just going to give you my read because why not? I love to look at stock charts. Um, so RSI is now getting positive. Um, PMO is turning up, which I like, the price momentum oscillator. That's our own momentum indicator that we've developed. Stochastic's rising. It's not really performing that well against its industry group. So down here, I have the group compared to the SPY. I have the relative strength of the stock compared to the SPY. But then I like to compare the stock to its industry group just to see if I'm actually getting a stock that is a leader within the group. This one really isn't showing leadership within the group, but of late it's performing in line with the group. The group's performing in line with the SPY, so it's performing in line with the SPY. Um, that's fine, I, I will accept that, but I do prefer outperformance. And it's really stuck in this trading range. You know, We've had that big move out of the October low for the index itself, and we didn't really see any of that coming out of Amgen. So that is a concern for me on this chart. It's not the kind of chart I would be really interested in right now. A lot of overhead resistance that's nearby, which is a problem for me. Um, I don't see this as a negative chart. I don't see it as something that you should be careful and, you know, you should always set a stop. Um, but I don't see it as, I mean, this looks like a pretty strong level of support at 260. I think you're going to be okay. Maybe set your stop um, below that at like 255, 257, somewhere in there. 
but overall, I don't see this as a sell, but I, I really don't see it as a buy either. Let's look at a weekly chart, a big one. Um, weekly chart, the PMO, the weekly PMOs turned over. Um, Scooter, the stock chart's technical rank is back above 70, which is what I like to see. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it's been kind of trading range like this is a worry to me. This looks like a double top developing, um, which could be a bit of a problem. So the intermediate term outlook for Amgen doesn't look that great to me. If we were to go into a five minute candlestick chart so you could trade it, what I like to look for to trade a stock is a PMO, five minute PMO on a buy signal with a positive RSI. That's my buy points. So we had a buy point come in here pretty much at the beginning of the day. Sell points are when the PMO turns over. So that would have gotten you out somewhere up here. So that would have been a small gain depending on where you got in at this early part. The last buy signal came in here and that was right about there. So that would have gotten you a pretty nice entry. If you came to this chart and you wanted it, we just had a breakout. Five minute PMO is accelerating higher. You're probably not gonna get a better buy point today if you wanted to get in. Um, but if you wanted to be patient, probably we'll see a little bit of a pullback eventually to this level. But I think you're kind of at the buy point here. If that's something. And SLV was the other one. I like gold right now. And consequently, I like silver. And they don't always travel together, um, but oftentimes they do. We have a reverse head and shoulders that this has come in, out of and confirmed. The height of the pattern tells me we should get a move to this area of overhead resistance at 24. PMO looking good. RSI is a bit overbought, so I'd expect when it does hit this level, we might see some consolidation, maybe a little pullback. But ultimately, I am expecting metals to move higher. If we look at the weekly chart, we have a nice PMO buy signal that just came in on silver. So intermediate term, this is looking pretty good. Tells me to expect a breakout at that $24 level. So I like silver right now. I think that the charts are very positive. And if you were interested in getting in, here's the five minute candlestick. The last buy point came in here, spec tool, where we had the crossover and a positive RSI. So our buy point came in right in here. And we've got a sell point that came in back up here. But unless you're a day trader, you don't need to really worry about selling sell point when you're just now buying it. Um, but just to give you an example, uh, looks like the PMO never crossed below its signal line. So the buy signal is still intact. I would say you're at the buy point right now. For All right. That is all I have today. And I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy coming and, and doing these presentations. Again, if you want to join my free trading room, go ahead and um, go to my website and sign up. You'll see my picture it looks just like what you're seeing right now. And let's see, let's not forget that I am running those specials. So the Friendsgiving special save 50 is the coupon code. You'll get 50% off your first month. Or if you'd rather not put the money out to begin with, you can try us out for a free two-week trial. Just subscribe to the bundle package and use the DP trial coupon code. All right, David, that's it for me.